well, it's it's like um, when I was spending my time in uh, Korea. There's this island uh, off the coast of Korea called called Dokdo, and um, both Japan and Korea claim it. But Korea, it's closer to Korea, so it's much easier for Korea to exert military, you know, uh, project military power over this island. And and uh, but you know, but it obviously you know any island in the middle of fishing grounds and possibly oil and stuff like that, you know, be, kind of becomes valuable. So, so the, uh, there, there's this endless, like people searching through dusty old maps, like, you know, you know, back in the 12th century, this was clearly a Japanese Islander. Well, but we found one like three years older that shows it part of Korea, you know, and, and, uh, and yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, you would get something like that. I'm sure like, well, we have this signed contract here saying that, you know, the Southern court relents and, you know, but you know, the, they didn't cross all the I's and dot the T's. It wasn't notarized. Dot the <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, that was actually, boy, that was something someone tried to do to declare, uh, American income tax unconstitutional when they when they ratified I, I forget which amendment it was but give, basically making it absolutely abundantly clear that Congress has the right to you know levy an income tax the uh, some some guys sort of went back and like oh all of these states you know what they ratified were slightly different from the you know, the documents sent to them, you know, they would ratify it. And, you know, it wasn't like they, people had Microsoft Word back then. They would have to recopy it, right? Yeah. And, and then the, the thing that they then signed and sent back, it, you know, this period was here, was it there? This comma was here. You know, a few little words were, were, were different. So he tried to sort of argue that all these states actually ratified something completely different. Uh, and this did eventually wind up in court. And the court's like, well, but Congress, you know, ratified it ultimately. And and once Congress ratifies something, there is nothing a higher court can do. And when we saw this actually with, um, you know, once, um, you know, they ratified, certified the election, right? Even though the election, yeah. once they certify the election, even if, even if it's a hundred percent clear that there was voter fraud, you know, like in, in huge numbers, it's been certified and there is no court, no court then has the power to decertify what Congress certifies. So yeah, so that was kind of like like hey, cool attempt guy, but but yeah, s- similar thing, you know, like like I think, you know, once something is kind of ratified, it doesn't matter, you know, what else you sort of whip up, it's it's, you know, it's it's dead. It's a dead issue. The real power is with the bureaucrats and the paper filers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that, exactly. That, but it, what you're talking about really does remind me of like the the sovereign citizen ideas about about their own autonomy in relation to what they consider, you know, that amendment turned the United States from a nation into a corporation as far as they're concerned. Yeah. And that's, yes, that, exactly. that's like the big loophole that they want to, they want to wedge open so that they can, you know, have all of their, their DUI charges decided in a maritime court or something like that, you know, so that they can, <laughs> they can find a way to not pay child support or, you know, get, get out of their speeding ticket. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I think nine out of ten sovereign citizens are really guys that don't want to pay their child support. Like, like it, it's it's <laughs> it's it's miserable. Yes, <laughs> and there there is among these crowds, uh, not only the sovereign citizens crowds, but uh, and we're going to talk about Romana Didolo in a bit, but yeah. uh, but similar crowds, th- there is real attraction to this sort of 
this pseudo legalese, like they have a real attraction to, to legal jargon, but made up legal jargon, not, not yeah. really legal, uh, 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 Things that, not really things that are in fact uh, part of any laws that have been yeah. passed or are actively being enforced. Not part of real legality. They're, these are not lawyers here, but they have the attraction to the language. Uh, yes. I mean, we're, it goes back to the credentialism. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a lot of like Latin and things written in red pen. And it just, you, you know, like if you're, again, you're some guy in a, you know, in a trailer home and you don't want to pay child support, this guy talking Latin and, you know, and, you know, Black's Law Dictionary and English Common Law, uh, it, it could sound compelling, you know, um, and, and yeah, not surprised some people are fooled by it. Casting the right legal incantations. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, there was a, uh, there was a very famous case in Canada called Meads versus Meads. Um, there was a, uh, again, an Alberta guy, last name Meads, was trying to get out of his child support and which arguing that line about, you know, look, I am more than happy to pay my child support. All what you have to do is unlock that secret bank account you have created in my name and just, just take the money from that. And so, so this the, the, this judge was like, okay, you know the the, the Canadian legal establishment is getting really tired of the what do we not we call them free men on the land or our uh, I think it was a free men on the land we, we we have a slightly different name for them here I think it might be Freeman Freeman on the land we we call them here but getting really so he decided this is the case so I'm going to make an example of this dude and just did this huge ruling which just looked at every single aspect of you know the whole sovereign citizen movement Freeman on the land the um um the uh they're they're sort of a a, a Moroccan Moroccan branch uh I, I forget the name. But uh, uh, I think Morocco was one of the first countries really to sign a treaty with America. Uh, you, you guys are American. You should, you should know this. <laughs> You're <laughs> well, getting into the weeds here. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, see, the, yeah. the Moroccan connection to sovereign citizens is definitely there. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're like, yeah, I have, yeah. I have seen like the, the appeal to the, to treaties with Morocco as part of the, like yes. the attempt to substantiate sovereign citizen claims. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just, you know, if you, you know, if you can somehow trace your route back to Morocco and then this treaty they signed with America, like way back in, you know, 1778, therefore you, you know, you don't have to pay your, your income tax or your child support. Yeah. Because like what yeah. they're trying to do is they're trying to get between, like, like find a way in before the 14th amendment. And which was yes, one of the, you yes. know, one of the post-Civil War reconstruction amendments and, you know, regarding citizenship and, you know, naturalization. But yeah, that's where, that's, that's really, really where they're trying to wiggle in, you know, like, and find, find yeah, that courtroom yeah. that has the, the gold fringe on the flag. So, you know, you're in a maritime court. <laughs> they're, they're taking, they're, they're taking that notion that uh, uh, a man's house is his castle and, and extending it to an empire and, and fiefdoms. Uh, I love people who are like, like freedoms. You know, when they talk about freedoms, and they're like, 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 you know, you know, the government, 
you know, can they just tell me what I can do on my own property? And and it's like, okay, you're clearly a dude who does not own property because if you own property, you would know, yeah, the government can tell you, like, you have to shovel your walk. I don't know where, if you guys get snow where you are, but, you know, if you don't shovel your walk after, you know, the, the snowfall, we're going to throw you in jail. Like, you know, no, you can't build a hog rendering farm in your backyard in suburban, you know, Toronto suburb. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was the case in Denver. Uh, Believe it or not, my, the first time that I ever shoveled snow was in my (laughs) thirties when I I moved to Denver for a while. But yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's really the only people who ever say phrases like it's a free country are about to do something really stupid or say something really (laughs) horrible. You've been listening to a sample of a Wetwired Premium episode. To listen to this entire episode and to hear our entire back catalog, you can subscribe on Patreon for just $5 a month. Thank you for helping us keep Wetwired editorially independent and ad-free.